amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the WTF1 podcast. We are back for another chat, another discussion. My name is Matthew Gallagher, and joining me in the virtual podcast booth is, of course, WTF1 founder and probably has the most famous dog on Instagram, Frank the Sausage, but he's not joining us. He's he's distracted. It's, of course, Tom Bellingham. Tommy, how, how are you on this fine afternoon? I'm good, yeah. I've... I've... I've left Frank downstairs, hopefully distracted with a giant unicorn. So hopefully you won't hear him in this podcast because it's not really a, it won't be enjoyable to hear him. He's enjoyable to see, but not hearing, not so much. You left him downstairs with all the paparazzi. You left him to do all of his interviews on his own. Yeah, I just set up a a camera on him and just Instagram live it or something. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I I watched a a live of your dog's Instagram the other day and I was like, what am I doing sat here watching a Instagram live of Frank? But anyway, I digress. Let's move on to talking about the Russian Grand Prix and answering some of your questions as well. Of course, the big talking point going into Russia is that Hamilton is set to match Michael Schumacher's 91 race wins. And that makes me feel really, really good. How does it make you feel, Tommy? Yeah, I'm not a Shumi fanboy like you, if anyone's wondering why you're so upset about it. Um, yeah, I'm, I just cannot believe we're here. doesn't basically. feel real, does it? No, Schumacher's record seemed untouchable when I was growing up. And uh, even, even a few years ago, I think it's funny that Hamilton almost won the title uh, in his rookie year and then did win the title uh, yeah. the year after. And there was all this talk of, I oh, will easily beat Schumacher's record because he's got so much time left and he's already winning races. And then Sebastian Vettel comes along, wins four titles. And we were question. I imagine a lot of people, including myself, wondering if Hamilton will ever win another title again. Uh, and it's kind of similar, isn't it, to Schumi in a sense, while not perfectly mirrored, that Hamilton won with a team early in his career, then moved to a manufacturer and kind of had to wait for the dominance. But now he's just it's just unbelievable. Like he's he's going to get a hundred, maybe even a hundred and ten minimum, which is unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, he is. Uh, and there's nothing to take away from Lewis Hamilton's achievements. He's done exactly what Michael Schumacher has done in in many regards you know he's gone to a a different team and uh, fair enough didn't have to build Mercedes to where maybe Schumacher did with Ferrari but at the same time he's you know he has the equipment available to him and he's beating pretty much every single teammate he's he's ever gone up against so I'm not surprised now that he has got that many race wins it just doesn't feel very real to be honest as you say you know uh, when we were growing up as kids uh, we probably sound like boomers uh, like <laughs> saying this, but yeah, Schumacher's records felt untouchable. Uh, and now we here we are, Lewis Hamilton, about to, well, get seven world titles and, and surpass race wins. Um, but is there anyone that can stop Lewis? I feel like that's more of a question this of... Weekend. Yeah, yeah. Of, of hope. Um, yeah, obviously, they're not going to be able to delay him for another three years. But <laughs> no, no one can stop delay- Lewis from beating Schumacher's record of race wins now. I don't think, uh, no. unless Mercedes forget to bring wheels and uh, maybe a steering wheel. 
Um, uh, to, to the I, don't, rest. I don't know. The E1 on three wheels is Silverstone. So. He did. That's very true. <laughs> that is very true. Uh, but of course, we're going into Russia, so it might not be equaled uh, this time round, just purely because Russia is the place where Bottas is pretty good. Jacob 23 white says, is this the place where Bottas is unbeatable? I don't think that's the case. I don't, I don't think Bottas is particularly unbeatable anywhere, to be honest. He is, he does have his days uh, and Russia has been a, a very good place to him so far, but whether he'll be the same again, I, I don't think it's a case of, you know, B- Russia and Bottas uh, go hand in hand and, that's it. Just Bottas has, has performed well the last few years here, and I don't know. I, I'm not saying that Hamilton Hamilton will still bring the challenge to Bottas. There's no there's no sort of debate in that, is there really? No, I look I looked back at the results, and for whatever reason, Bottas must be one of the only people that loves Sochi because um, it's not exactly the the biggest fan favorite, is it? Let's be honest. But no. Bottas. Um, Looking back, he qualified in the top three when he was at Williams every single year. So 2014, 2015, 2016, obviously just behind the Mercedes. Yeah, got podiums, got his first race win there. Would have won there in 2018 if it wasn't for James. So, yeah, uh, for whatever reason, Bottas just seems nailed on at this track. But then last year, he qualified poorly. I think he was fifth and finished second behind Hamilton. So he's not unbeatable that's for sure but I guess you could argue if he's going to beat Hamilton anywhere it's going to be here yeah absolutely you know he'll take that kind of momentum not from last year obviously but the fact that he has beaten Lewis here a few times and and clearly does go well around Russia it's like you know when you play the Formula One game you have your good tracks and your bad tracks and as much as F1 drivers can't tail off maybe as much as I do around certain Formula One game tracks uh, Bottas, hopefully, for for the sake of <laughs> enjoyment of of us watching as spectators, will be able to to take a fight to Hamilton. Uh, but Lewis will have to have a much worse re- weekend than second, really, to to really get the championship discussion back uh, back on track. Uh, Yo, lover, Mullen says Red Bull strong in Russia or not? Very uh, very straight to the point with that one. Who knows? Red Bull haven't partic- particularly been strong around. Sochi from what I remember no it is uh the most Mercedes track you're ever gonna get they have won it every single year and actually one of my favorite and funny stats about the Russian Grand Prix is it was actually held twice before F1 in 1913 and 1914 oh yeah Mercedes, and Mercedes won both of them I remember so they are doing literally that yeah they're literally unbeaten in over a hundred years which I feel like F1 fans kind of feel it's been a hundred years since someone beat Mercedes, but yeah, um, for whatever reason, it's just it's just a Mercedes track. They they're just un- I think Mercedes are unbeatable there, and if that if that jinxes them this weekend, we can play this and laugh and enjoy it. But well, yeah. <laughs> well look, it's the the king of jinxes is going to be in the commentary box this weekend, so uh, <laughs> I'll do oh, my course, very best yeah. <laughs> uh, to say that Lewis and Mercedes are doing a fantastic job, and they'll probably explode at the next corner. But let's see. Uh, but I don't think Red Bull will be anywhere near. To be honest, I think this will be almost the case, maybe where the likes of Renault, McLaren, uh, maybe have another shot at Red Bull and and that P three. It'll be interesting to see because we haven't had that for a while where Red Bull have looked vulnerable to, to the midfield uh, for a few years, have we? So mm. um, top three in the championship is done, apparently. You know, it, I mean, it pretty much is. It's going to be Hamilton. That was, that was me- oh, sorry, I was meant to write a question mark after that, but I think it is pretty much done, isn't it? 
I, yeah. I, no one's gonna. <laughs> when you're writing like... this sheet, you're like, it's over. It, it's finished. Yeah. It, I mean, no. fair enough. It is. It is locked in. It is going to be those three. Um, but when we look uh, probably at probably that order, if unless Verstappen can do something, if if Verstappen can start finishing races, that would be great. I for for a spectator point of view, I hope Verstappen doesn't beat Bottas because that will mean that Hamilton is about a hundred points away, and we've probably wrapped up the season with five races to go. We interrupt this WTF one podcast for a very brief chat about our sponsor for this episode, and it's definitely one you would have heard of before if you're a regular listener. It is ExpressVPN, the best VPN on the market. Now, ExpressVPN doesn't log your data. Lots of really cheap or free VPNs make money by selling your data to ad companies. ExpressVPN develops a technology that makes it impossible for their servers to log any of your info. What really sets ExpressVPN apart from other VPNs is how easy it is to use. Unlike other VPNs, you don't have to input or program anything. You just fire up the app and click one button to connect. It's so easy, even your grandparents could use it. So protect yourself with the VPN that I use and trust. Use my link expressvpn.com slash WTF1 today and get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash WTF1 to learn more. There you have it. Back to the podcast. Formula 1.5, which has always been a bit of banter, hasn't it, where Hulkenberg usually used to win that that championship. Um, Formula underscore M4, or March, who will get fourth place in the Drivers' Championship? That's quite nice, isn't it? Because usually it was the top six that was secured, and it was seventh that everybody was was after. Now we've got fourth in the mix because, well, Alex Albon hasn't exactly got the points he would like to in that Red Bull so far. It's it's difficult to say. Obviously, we've got quite a few races left, and I think it's you know quite a wild prediction to to try and secure fourth just purely because of the fact that midfield chops and changes in their performance almost every week. We see a different team challenging potentially Red Bull. Uh, so I, don't, I still think McLaren will probably come good at the end uh, by the end. But yeah, may, maybe Science hasn't got that many points on the board though, has he? I'm just trying to think. It's probably going to be more Lando, isn't it, than than uh, than Carlos with uh, with how many problems Carlos has had. So I'd Carlos say Carlos has had. Poor luck, really, considering, yeah. Yeah, maybe... I, I Actually, no, I'm going to say Lance Stroll. I think he's he's been Ooh. top form. Lance Stroll or Lando, I think, will finish fourth. What about you, Tommy? Oh, I've gone for totally the opposite. I think Albon... I, I feel like Albon will hopefully get his confidence back now. Uh, Red Bull, I feel like, will be strong going into the final races and stuff. Um, Lando's done amazingly well to be in, in fourth, it's one of those things like McLaren struggled. They they said they, they knew what was wrong in Mugello, but they seemed to be pretty much nowhere. I feel like it's more likely that Red Bull will have the second best car and McLaren maybe might flip-flop a little bit between like being slower than Renault and then one week really challenging the Red Bulls. It's just whether Alex Albon can build the confidence of finally getting that podium to essentially just be far more consistent uh but i did write stroll down as well because i think stroll might be his closest challenger because he yeah seems to be delivering i think if (laughs) if stroll hadn't uh done had his failure he'd he'd be fourth in the title he would yeah yeah so fair play to him so basically both of our answers are we don't really know we've mentioned about three drivers each so (laughs) i mean like how much would we love Formula One to be like that, where we're 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 not 
writing off the top three in the title, but we're going, I have no idea who is going to be fourth. Is it 2012? 2012 was when we had that? Yeah. Quite some time. Pe- yeah, people have listed it, haven't they? And I think it is an amazing championship where like people do work it out. And I think it is pretty much a different winner each weekend. And then obviously we saw in Monza what it's like when you literally get that in Formula One where the Mercedes and Red Bull are not in it at all. So it was rather exciting. Yeah. No, so, no uh, disrespect to uh, Mercedes for being really damn good. Yeah, for doing, <laughs> for doing the job the best. It is difficult to... We How love an underdog, they? especially as us Brits. We love an underdog, don't we? Um, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, fourth place, yeah, probably Lance Stroll or, or Lando for me. But uh, I, I don't know. I, I think Alex Albon, the, as, I, as I mentioned before, I think his performance was highlighted more just purely because of the fact that Red Bull was was very much on the pace, uh, especially in race trim. Um, it seemed that way anyway to, to Mercedes and they had a, quite a, a big buffer in qualifying as well. They will need that moving forward into the next races if they want Alex Albon to be finishing fourth in the championship, in my opinion. Anyway, that's Formula One for a second. Let's talk about Formula Two, which is... A, a rare chance to talk about Yeah, F2. Yeah, why not? Because I think Formula Two deserves its its bit of spotlight just purely because it's awesome racing almost every single race weekend that we that we watch them so yeah speaking of awesome championships <laughs> are you going to say anything else or just that no just f2 oh, because is, of f- f1. essentially f2 yeah. is f1.5 now it's just that close crazy it, it, feel, crazy it feels like they all just don't want to win it they you know Callum Eilat's made a few mistakes but has been incredibly consistent in in qualifying finishing in the top three for pretty much all of them um but then you've got Mick Schumacher who is like the god of starts he is I can't believe was it Monza where he started I think seventh and he was second by turn two and and there's things like that where it's just it's so good and you and they've got a question here from Mahlezeit says who has the strongest chances for the top spot in F2 this weekend and that is it isn't because I haven't done my research. We genuinely don't know because obviously Formula 2 is a spec series. You have the top teams because they have better engineers. But I do not... We, you just don't know who's going to be on pole position. It's all down to qualifying. We don't know who's going to be on the front because there isn't a run of form as such going into into the next race because, you know, you've got likes of Mazepin sometimes winning the races. You've got Giotto that, that won in Hungary just out of the blue because he went on a separate strategy. There's so much going on, Tommy, isn't there, that... You can't really pick one person. But if I was going to pick one person, just purely from consistency-wise, I'd say Callum Eilat's probably going to be up there again. Yeah, it's, it's mad, isn't it? We've had 10 different winners already. Uh, championship is crazy close, and you're right. It's kind of... It's been one of those seasons where it, it's amazing. Like, Formula 2 it is amazing when you get someone like a Leclerc or whoever that's dominating the championship and you can be and it's almost exciting because you're witnessing someone that's going to be in formula one whereas we've almost had the opposite this year where there's probably not an, a, a huge standout driver that's like wiping the field with everyone and it's just made the championship amazing and you're right it, it does feel like no one wants to win it when every time you think Callum Eilat's got it in the bag you had the the pit stop problem in Monza was it where he couldn't pull away um and then you think oh Sonoda's coming back in it and then he has a problem and then Mick Schumacher's beat like lost it in the in the gravel at Monza and you think oh he's blown his championship and then he goes and wins the race with an amazing (laughs) start so what 
uh, what a season uh, for for a neutral it is incredible to watch and if you don't watch it we, we released a video on it didn't we just watch it because it is so so good yeah why formula 2 is just as good as formula 1 i think it was called on youtube but yeah and we you know we haven't even mentioned robert schwartzman who was the person that was you know out the out front from the from the get go and we thought maybe schwartzman was going to be the one to run away with the title then his team or him or a bit of both just couldn't seem to dial it in from sort of silverstone onwards and he's been reined in by ilot and as you say sonoda coming into the forefront as well was the top 3 protagonists all drip over each other you had schumacher and Schwartzman crash into each other at Silverstone. All sorts of drama. I absolutely love it. Um, if we're going to pick someone to, to win the title, I I think Callum Eilock, just purely from a fact that that UNI Virtuosi car just seems to be, well, it is one of the quicker cars this year. You know, to be fair, Guan Yu Zhou looked like he was going to be the, the man to beat right from the first race in Austria, but then he conked out and he seems to have tailed off a little bit. For, but for me, Callum Eilock's been incredibly impressive. Uh, so for me, I'd probably say Ilot. What about you, Tommy? That's that's really boring. I think Ilot as well because yeah. Uh, yeah, same same thing. But yeah, I think he, I think you could argue that without a few uh, mistakes and a bit of mi- certainly misfortune as well, he he could be so far ahead in this title. Um, so yeah, I, I I feel like how many runs are there? I say there's only two left: Sochi and and Bahrain. And yeah, that's going to be amazing. To what watch. a decider amazing to watch! Bar- Bahrain outer to uh, just... it is Bahrain outer. They're doing it on, isn't it? They are, yeah. That's that's mad. Well, I think I they're mean, doing both. Imagine... Aren't they? They're doing Bahrain and then Bahrain. Are they not following suit with Formula uh, One? Oh, I'm I'm not 100 percent sure. You caught me short there because it says uh, I'm just on the FT website looking at the driver's title and it says Sakia on the 27th and 29th of November. But when is the F1? I have a feeling it is at least on the Bahrain outer. I don't know. I if... thought it was on the Bahrain outer, but maybe I've just made that up and now I'm going to be disappointed. No, no, no. Uh, yeah, it is not... Bahrain outer. I, I 100% think that they are racing around there. Anyway, we'll you know, digress. I'm sure we'll find it out at a later point or you're Googling it right now. Um, which F2 drivers will be in F1 next season? That's a, a big topic of conversation at the moment. You've got the likes of, well, this question here. Ren Tail says, will Antonio Giovinazzi be dropped for the 2021 season and might see the return of a driver or will Mick Schumacher take his place? there's lots of discussion as to who could potentially fill what seat um you've got Giovinazzi of course not particularly um performing very well at the moment uh and you know I I don't think there's a huge amount or huge reason for for Alpha to keep Giovinazzi when you've got the likes of Mick Schumacher which is such a huge story but he's also an incredible talent um, waiting to, to to get into Formula One. I don't know if he's still a little bit too early. There was talks about him obviously coming in last year and, and Toro Rosso, as they were known before. Um, I don't know whether he'd still need just maybe one more F2 season to to really embed himself in this higher tier of championship because that's the one thing. The pressure on his shoulders must be enormous. But but it's not to say that Callum Eilock couldn't take Jovanazzi's seat or Schwartzman because they're all in the Ferrari Driver Academy. So... I think it's going to be one of those three, and I don't think Giovinazzi will be there for 2021, personally. Yeah, I think I think Schumacher's got to be... Alpha. I think Alpha would definitely want Mick Schumacher in. And I, for me, Antonio Giovinazzi has not done anything for me to impress me enough. I, not that I'm the Alfa Romeo team boss. But, do you know what I mean? He's, he's, I've, he's not one of those drivers that I can remember... 
any particular race that he's done something where I'm like, wow, future world champion no. in the making. No, he hasn't. And really. you almost have to do that now. Yeah, he, he's not. He's not had any standout performances. He's been an okay teammate. I don't. We don't know what he does or brings uh, behind closed doors in terms of uh, development of the car. But Alpha haven't. Re- Alpha have gone backwards, if anything. And you know they're they're right towards the back of the field, obviously with that Ferrari power unit as well. So, Giovinazzi, yeah, uh, he hasn't really done anything to to really shine. Does Kimi Raikkonen want to to stay on? Who knows? Will Will they want to keep Kimi if he wants to continue again? Question. He'd be so. an amazing mentor though for. Mick Schumacher, well, maybe that would be amazing. Yeah. The fastest, I think, Mick Schumacher might it might be the perfect teammate for Mick Schumacher, and would probably learn a lot from someone like Kimi Raikkonen. I think I think he would be an amazing teammate, and I think we said it in the last podcast that Kimi's actually delivering a lot at the moment, and I thought he was past it and done, and kind of had his time and was ready to retire, but. He's put in some really good performances in the last few races. Yeah, especially as an old man and going to a new track. Uh, you know, it's not one that he could just rock up and be like, hey, you know, I'm quick. I know this track. It's a track that everyone had to learn. And, you know, you'd, you'd expect kind of the older drivers to maybe struggle a little bit more. But clearly not. Kimmy's has still got it. For anyone screaming still at the earlier point, the F2 website for some reason doesn't list that Bahrain Outer is a track, but I've seen online that it is. So they are doing both rounds at Bahrain, but for some reason it's just not on the F2 website. It's not being listed. So we still don't know if one's the normal and one's the... I'm assuming one uh, is the normal. No, one is... It, yeah, they're, they're copying Formula One yeah, where they're doing yeah. two races at the end, but for some reason it's just not listed. So Okay, perfect. I so I was right, Tommy. You could have just said, yes, Matt, you're right. But then you made me doubt myself. <laughs> God, oh, I didn't know. God. Damn it. Anyway, at F1 Rookie says, which drivers would you choose for 2021 if you were Alfa Romeo's Haas team principal? What, what do we what do we think? I, I think the two drivers will be Kimi Raikkonen and Mick Schumacher. Yeah, agreed. Okay, lovely. Cameron Latter, what happens to Sergio Perez? What about Haas? Oh, or Haas's team principal. Okay. Uh Haas. Need to get rid of one of them, I think, K Mag. Uh I think Grosjean will go personally. Um, but I think Steiner said he's finally sort of open to dropping one of them. I think I think K Mag could be under pressure because Grosjean's done all right in the last. Get few rid races of both of them, to be honest. I wouldn't be mad if they got rid of both. Um, no, I think Perez. It would be a big shame. We're going to Perez, obviously, but you you'd, you'd want Perez over Magnussen or Grosjean. Yeah, but does opinion. Perez even want to race for Haas? Like, oof. I think he probably will just purely so he stays in Formula One, but. And hope that in 2022 the, better the, the field's probably, closer yeah. and he might be able to nab a podium. Yeah, but, yeah, or maybe yeah. another seat becomes available, who knows. But uh, Haas, I'm not sure. Okay, well, uh, maybe then it would be... Yeah, actually, yeah, Grosjean has done a bit better, so maybe it is Magnussen and Perez. Let's just say that. Happy with that? Uh, wait, you said Grosjean is better, Magnussen and Perez? I said Grosjean's better, so... yeah. It would be Grosjean. Oh, sorry, it'd be Grosjean and Perez. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm getting mixed like, up. Apologies. Um, Cameron underscore Latter. What happens to Sergio Perez now? Where does he go? Haas, maybe. Haas or IndyCar. I think there is any options. Yeah, I think if he goes to IndyCar, it's going to be a very hard road back, in my opinion. Yeah. Because uh, like, yeah. Oh yeah. I think it, it, he would only go to IndyCar if he just finished with that his time's done in Formula One. But Haas, Haas would be a good shout for both parties. I think because. He's, Prez has a lot of money and sponsors mm. behind him, which I think would 
maybe help. Yeah, Haas need that, I think, them. don't they? With, especially with the fact that it's uh, well, Gene Haas is pumping most of the money into into this team. Uh, I'm yeah. sure that a big wad of Mexican money would be uh, very nice indeed. So, uh, so yeah, I, I wouldn't put it past Sergio Perez going to Haas. It would be a pretty dire season for him, I think. But hey, he stays in Formula One. It just depends if the love is still there. We we speculate about all of this stuff, but especially the older drivers that have been around for a while. We don't know what they, you know, their ambitions change. Our ambitions change in life. It's, we're all humans, aren't we, Tommy? We are human. I believe I am. I know you're 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 definitely a baby robot. <laughs> <laughs> right that is it thank you so much for for listening to this wtf1 audio only podcast our next podcast will of course be about the russian grand prix make sure to give us five stars a thumbs up wherever you're listening to us you know the drill 100 percent top feedback and that's it obviously if you want to get involved in terms of discussion points questions we, we usually post po- post post on social uh about when, when we're filming but hashtag wtf1 podcast is the uh the hashtag we we look at when we're before we're filming. So lovely stuff, Tommy. Any final thoughts? Nope. Lovely, brilliant. Well, great chat, Tommy. <laughs> Thanks for coming, uh, and uh, we'll speak to you guys very soon. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I knew that was coming. I knew it was there. Any final thoughts? Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com.